You're listening to the official Scottish Rugby Podcast with Caroline Blair and Chris Patterson. It's a fallow week for Scotland, uh, but we're still in very much in the squad. And today we're joined by Glasgow Warriors' Jamie Batty. Jamie, always a pleasure to see you. Uh, tell us, where are you right now? Because we're not speaking to you in the team hotel this week. I'm actually sitting in my gaming room back home in Glasgow. So I'm Your game room? Do you like it? Are you a gamer? My gaming room. Uh, I do enjoy enjoy gaming. Um, maybe maybe not so much recently, but I've always had a a wee soft spot for for PlayStation. Um, PlayStation gamer, <laughs> I'm a PlayStation gamer. So I've always I've always dabbled in a bit of PlayStation. I take it in the camp for me and that, and it's good. Is there is there a is there a splitting camp between Xbox and PlayStation? Uh, I, funny enough, it's all the Edinburgh boys play Xbox, and the Glasgow <laughs> boys play PlayStation, and do. Dewey plays PC. Is uh, aye, Dewey's the only one that plays PC. But uh, there's actually that split. So Glasgow play PlayStation and Edinburgh on Xbox. <laughs> what do you That's play? <laughs> I was big into Call of Duty. Uh, um, I really did like playing Call of Duty, but recently I've been playing the new Harry Potter game, Legacy it's called. Hogwarts Legacy. Um, <laughs> this is so enlightening. <laughs> Uh, so I've been I've been playing a bit of Hogwarts Legacy and like I'm I'm the one for the Harry Potter lore, but it's um also following my game and stuff. I like it's been in production for like so many years and it's like an open world kind of Harry Potter game. So you're bombing about your boomstick and that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? This is not where we saw this going. I've not I've not played it a week and a bit, but I I've been I've been playing playing that and it was mainly Call of Duty. Like one oh, of the boys always is, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but I've kind of, I've kind of slowed down that. Really. We've covered what you do in your downtime, at least. Uh, <laughs> so that's that. Bit. So I, don't, I definitely don't like Mossy and I saw, saw it going this way. Uh, let's rewind <laughs> the clock a wee bit uh, with, with you, Jamie. Um, I mean, I always like to ask, but your story of getting into rugby is, is really interesting as well. Talk to us about how that came about. Um, well, I always, I always played club rugby. Like I came through Stirling County. From I also played health foots minis and stuff until I could to then went to Stirling County when I was first year at school. So I would have been 12, 12 13 year old, joined County then. Went through all the age grades there, first year to, well, well, I left school when I was turning 16. So so I went through kind of 15, under 15, 16, 17, 18, kind of broke into the first there. And was during that time, I played like Scotland age grade, so I ended up playing under 18s age grade. Under twenties age grade, and yeah, and obviously I can alongside that left school when I was fifteen, turned sixteen, went to college for a year, and from there I just went into full time work. Um, you've been quite I've, open about you've been quite open about your 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 journey at the beginning and when you were younger, Jamie. But what in what way was rugby a, 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 an important part of your life? I don't know. I've never really. I've always just played it. You know what I mean? I've always mm-hmm. just. I always just, I just fell into rugby and I've always just, I never, it was never a chore, do you know what I mean? It wasn't like, I'm just going to keep going to rugby for the sake of it. Like, I always kind of had that belief that I would make it work for me, do you know what I mean? Even, even when I was working, I kind of thought it was maybe a way for me that I always, I always just kind of kept turning up and luckily it did, it did kind of work out for me and I, last week in camp, I done my, my about me, like, every week we have a kind of extra one. 
um, a couple of boys stand up and kind of tell their story to the team and stuff. And I told Mark in the story. I never spoke too much about the early days of rugby, but like you're saying, like the opportunity kind of what happened with me is obviously I was working full time and um, it would have been 2016, 2017 it was, I was on holiday and I was saying this to the boys, like, I kept getting this missed call with a random number. I was in Jamaica actually on holiday, because also, like, whenever I worked, I always prioritised every year. I was like, I'm going to go on a nice holiday every summer, I'll take my two weeks off, go on a nice holiday, wherever it may be. So I love, I love travelling. So I was, I was in Jamaica and it was only a couple of days before coming home and then uh, it was John Dale. Text me, he's like, ah, it's John Dale. John coached me in the twenties. Obviously, like I left in the twenties, never got a, like I never got a stage three contract for that, so just went went back into work. And um, and where were you working at this time? At the Abattoir, at Bridge of Allen, yeah, at Slaughterhouse. I so that's what I done for I was seventeen till till I was twenty two till, till I got signed in the academy. So I, I was doing that working in the Abattoir, and I was. Working on the doors as well, actually. I used to do the doors and still them. <laughs> I was a bouncer. <laughs> 18, 18, 19 year old in the doors, telling people when they get into the pub. <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> Funny, like, like, looking back now, like you can imagine like me now being a bouncer, 29 year old, like big tattoos and like you'd probably pull it off. But when I was 18, 19 year old, I was like a wee skinny fat guy, no tattoos, clean shaven, long hair. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? I was like, imagine me standing. To somebody yeah. forty old, nah, mate, you're not getting in there. You're too drunk. <laughs> did you, you have to? Away? Did you have to uh, send some of your teammates at still out at the time? Did would they would they cause trouble on the door? Nah, like, I used to work. Uh, I don't know if you can it mostly dusk nightclub. It's shut yeah. now. Right. Dusk. So I worked there. Do you know it? Must I, no, it's, it, it's not one of my favourite haunts. No. <laughs> uh, so I worked. I worked at dusk nightclub, but luckily enough, like. The lads the boys, everyone, everyone would kind of go to food bar on a Saturday <laughs> night still in. So like, I'd be up at dusk working and like, all the boys, if they played on a Saturday or that, they'd go to food bar. But luckily, like, I never had any running ins with the, with the players, with the, with, the, with the boys that I played with or that. But, um, so, DL, so DL wanted to I, take it to Melrose, didn't he? So that was it. I, I was obviously on holiday and John dropped me a text. He was like, I obviously take him on the holiday and got back and I, also, I chat with him on the phone. He was like, I think you still kind of got... I crack at it. I'll also do all I can to kind of push you at the pro setup so that'd be Edinburgh, Glasgow. Mm-hmm. And also, I was working at the time, Bridge Allen, starting at half six in the morning, finishing it back at four. And I was like, like you, you know, as county was 10 minutes from my front door, mm-hmm. Melrose was a 90 mile drive down the road, 180 mile round trip of time. And also, I was working for half six in the morning. And I was just kind of, I was like, what have I got to lose at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Like, so, I went went down to Melrose, drove down one day, met up with John, and you you know Mossy Dash Mike Delgetti, yeah, who was the DOR at the time. So, I drove down there and met up with them, and obviously at that time, I think Melrose just won the league. This is when it was when you finished top, you won it. I think that season before they just won the league and they got mm-hmm. to the cup final, where yeah. So obviously, everyone knew Melrose was a really successful club. I was like, I came what it could do me playing in a successful club if I were to kind of push on a wee bit so mm-hmm. I Mike and Mike and Dash got me down and that was it kind of played played one season there underneath fame and like I'd probably say it's one of my best seasons I've ever played in rugby just like I loved playing for Melrose loved playing for the club all the boys were brilliant and just like I said the, the supporting that, that John and, and Dash and Bob Christie as well was, was, was assisting there and 
kind of what the games they let me play. I played in big games, played in the league finals and cup finals and won the cup final. And uh, to get to experience that in club rugby was, was good. And also at the end, of it, I got offered my, my academy contract uh, at Glasgow. And then also I think I was down to big JD pushing on. And that's what I said in my about me last week. I've always I've always said that I, I can honestly say I, I didn't think I'd be where I am if it wasn't for John Dale. Mm-hmm. And I also do mean that like I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for his opportunity he gave me. I don't know, like I, he said that the other day too, like I, I put the work in to go there and play the rugby and that, but I think it's somebody giving you that opportunity for you to express yourself. And that's that's what he done, that's what Mike Delgetti done and Bob Christie as well. Like they gave me that opportunity to go there and play for the club and be part of that thing that was that was special and it's, yeah. it's helped me so. Yeah, it's good. I, I remember just after that when you joined the academy in Broadwood, wasn't it? It was the, the Cumbernauld Broadwood Academy, ah. and it was like so refreshing to see how hard you'd worked. Uh, and a wee bit older as well, a couple of years older than, than the other lads. And, and the, the kind of standards that you set haven't had, you know, a probably longer experience than, than than maybe some of the other lads in the academy. It was great because it really set a, a level of hunger that everybody else had to come up with. And then Pretty soon after that, you were full time in Glasgow. I so I was on done one year in the academy. Mm-hmm. Um, I played I played six games. Gregor and Dan McFarland were the coaches at the time. That's right, aye. And uh, like lucky like lucky enough for me during that time, Godred, Granty, and Alex Allen mm-hmm. were on the three sides at the club. And between the three of them for the autumn and Six Nations, either two of them were away mm-hmm. or like. Two of them were playing, it was only so it'd be like me and Alex Allen, say it's like Gordy and Granty were playing for Scotland, it'd be like me and Alex Allen left at the club. So during the kind of Six Nations up first time, I was getting opportunities in and around the squad, and I got kind of got six opportunities to play. And at the end, well, I kind of mind what it was during that season, like when I found out I was getting signed pro, must have been kind of springtime, mm-hmm. in the March, February, March time. I mind it clear as day, I sat in my house back, back in Sockey, and it was uh, Jamie Dempsey phoned me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I've got a bit of good news. I was like, what is it? You've been offered a pro contract. I was like, John. He's like, no. And also, I was like, I just sat there with a smile on my face. I was like, I've just got a pro contract at rugby. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, something you've always wanted. Like, I said that that week there when I, was, when I was in camp. I was like, there was times I generally thought it was past me. Like, when I was 21, mm-hmm. 22, kind of been offered anything, still kind of playing club rugby. Like, I was looking at other avenues. I looked at trying to join the police. Like, mm-hmm. I went, Done my, um, done the written tests, whatever they're called. Passed all them. Then on the day you do the fitness test, and it was like a mile and a half run around the park in Edinburgh. Yeah. So went done that, passed that. Then they brought you back for like the first interview. So I've uh, done a bit of research on and the police. So I uh, looking at all the questions, speaking to police when I played it, played the policeman county and stuff. I was picking their brains and kind of what to expect in the interview because at this point it was kind of like I'm not getting anything for rugby. Mm-hmm. I need to. I can't even work in an abattoir all my days. I need to make a career for myself. So I was proper putting the work in for this police interview and turned up, mate, to the police, co- the police headquarters in Edinburgh and sat down with the guy and wife for interviewing me. They're like, oh, how you see you put rugby on? I was like, ah, like, blowing away with them. Interview started, they're like, oh, so why do you want to join the police? And also, before I'd like revised, put a big fancy answer why I want to join the police and that, and I just sat there and I'm like, uh... <laughs> And can you just feel yourself, your heart yeah. just drops there. I couldn't get a word that I started sweating. I was like, oh. I can't get like, I'm shaking. I was like, I can't get a drink of water. I'm like, I'll oh, take your time. 
Yeah. And after that, mate, it was just an avalanche. It was just snowball question. Oh, why do you do this? Tell me the time you've done this. I'm like, oh, fuck. He <laughs> just sprawling absolute garbage to him. The other bit I was going to say, which is a more positive kind of vibe, was if you sat in your house when you were offered the pro contract for the first time when your jaw hit the floor, what was your first cap like? Uh, that was... It happened so fast, eh? I've always said that. Like, it happened so fast. Like, that's that first season with Edinburgh. Edinburgh, Edinburgh what the hell? Glasgow. Um, You've played for both. You'll get your let off the line. Obviously, like, my first season at Glasgow, first year pro, signed by Kebble. Mm-hmm. He gets injured as soon as he gets here. So I end up playing by every game. Mm-hmm. And I mind I went and I'd done the initial camp that season in St Andrews and I was like that's cool like my first Scotland camp but also it was nothing kind of flew on so kind of kicking about just training and I just enjoyed being there in the old course just of course eating, all the, just, eating <laughs> all the good strands I was actually proud of it man and cookies like that, a good breakfast better than the pork pie for Edelson <laughs> I, I like a pork pie right? exactly and uh, a funny story like obviously Barks was there like Club cap, like obviously the national captain and stuff, and um, I was who's I remember? I can't remember who's I remember, but also when you came and you turn up, all the boys are like cemented in the squad, kind of yeah. bags it. Yeah. So I walk up like that and I see a bag with JB on it. So I just grab it, take it away. <laughs> First year pro, he played maybe seven games for Glasgow at this point. Well, maybe ten games. And I said, the old course, this is even the autumn test camp, so. Of course, all the boys like Bart's Greg, all that have their uh, have all their bags here, kit, label, and that. So I see a bag JB on it. Uh, me. Take it <laughs> <laughs> up to my room. Like that next minute, uh, anyone seen my kit bag? <laughs> Bart's in the group. Eh? <laughs> I was like, oh no, what have I done, man? Oh, oh brilliant! <laughs> You've never looked back though. Ah, <laughs> oh, just take it down. I was like, sorry, mate. And Cookie's like, aye, you get a kit if you make your squad not one. I was like, anyways, Cookie. <laughs> A steep but learning no, curve. Time, it, it, right. was, it was steeper in my day because if you did that, you'd get a punch in the jaw. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's less uh, less severe now, I think. For Samoa, wasn't it? Aye. Yeah. Samoa, aye. Um, I've always said that the best experience at my the rugby, like, as soon as you're on the pitch, like, I always mind when I got on, ran on the pitch, I'm like, I've, I've got a Scotland cap. And I've 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 said to myself, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm a, I'm, I'm, this is me playing for Scotland. But whatever, I told the day about it, I mean, it's like, when you walk off that bus for the first time, and like yeah. I've been, I've stood watching the team walk off the bus. Mm. When you're on at the tunnel for the first time, you stand and sing the anthem for the first time. That's can that's what sticks with you for life. Do you know what I mean? The mm. rugby all kind of moles in itself. You can never mind what happens in a game because it just goes by mm. so fast. But the things that really stick with me is when you come off the bus, when you walk into the changing rooms, when you walk at the tunnel, and you stand and sing the anthem. That's mm. times like that you never, you never forget. And that that first time doing it, mate, it was. Everyone says it's special. It is very special. I'd I'd say the other week there when we walked around the stadium for the Wales game for the, yeah. for Doddy, that was up there with close to the first cap, like atmosphere experience wise, and that just like the amount of people that were there watching us walking the change room around the corner, and that was made the hair stand up in the back of your neck anyway, mate. Um, but I just that that first cap was it was good, mate. It was. I never really thought about it too much, but then, like, kind of after it all kind of settled down, I was like, just kind of reflecting on what I've done. And all that. There's more so to come, good. mate. There's more to come. Aye. Uh, with that in mind, I suppose, what about your role in, in 
they can't now. I mean, you, you crack a good joke there about the John Bartley story, but actually you're now very much a, a fixture in the Scotland side in a, a, a Rugby World Cup year, and that's a really exciting squad to be a part of. How are you enjoying that time? Oh, it's good, eh? Like, everyone gets on really well. Like, all the boys, I mean, they're speaking to you at the... It was after, it was after the Wales game. It was the Wales game, yeah. Yeah, uh, came in, yeah. And I'm saying that, like, there is a big emphasis on connections. So all the boys spend a lot of time together and we'll have a good laugh. And it's, there's never, there's no, like, cliques in that. Everyone's, like, everyone's, like, best mates, to be honest with you. And, um, Apart for the Xbox and the PlayStation divide, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, the team room's a hotspot. We have, we have the team room upstairs <laughs> in and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep track on each other who spends the most time in the team room. <laughs> So I said, who's logging the most hours in the team room? Or putting serious time in, we call it. Just putting serious <laughs> time in the team room, it's a good time. So Blair Kingham's up there with one of the boys who spends serious time in the team room. Whenever you go in, he's, he's kicking about. Um, but that's what Gregor's but, about, isn't it? That That's important to... And it's a, I suppose that the point being is that what we're seeing on the pitch is a real marker of, of where Scotland's at in terms of the, the, the game itself. But there's more going on behind the scenes with the cohesion in mind, isn't there? Uh, you can, like you say, that you can you can see that, like with what we've been doing the past kind of twelve eighteen months, like really pushing that connection, like having our kind of meetings in the morning. So the first thing we're not doing is going to the gym and see each other in the gym, or whether it be a unit session. The first thing we're doing on Monday morning or Tuesday morning, whenever we start the week, is we have a coffee together and have a chat, have a chat with the coaches. Do you know what I mean? That's it's mm-hmm. kind of small things like that. I think that's what's actually really helped us. The um, bring it to the here and now. Like that, you could see that link and cohesion was so important after kind of eight minutes in Paris. You know, just 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 the weekend gone by, because these are the moments that all the connections are built for. All that yeah. time you spend building relationships, understand each other, because you're like, right, this is you're properly steering down the barrel here. You know, two tries down, red card. But that time you've spent building the connection. I, I think it was it was an example of on the field of it being so important at the weekend. I know you were on later on, but what, what was the, was there a panic or was there a, a just a, a collective a, a kind of will to win was obviously their will to get back into the game, but there didn't look like panic either. So that, that understanding each other was, was to the fore, wasn't it? Aye. Especially at halftime when we came in, like we never, we never got a rocket at that at halftime. Like Greg never went mental. I'd be like, do that. He knew, We'd play, we'd get it right, and when we do play, we'd, we'd score mm-hmm. tries. So, obviously, the red card played a massive factor, and they got two tries in that time, and also balanced up with their red card. And as soon as that was balanced up, made the game, mm-hmm. it was game on. And obviously, towards the end of the second half, we had them on the ropes, eh? like, mm-hmm. had, them, had them for the taking. It was obviously just a wee bit of skill error, just obviously been 14 men for probably 70 minutes of the game. People were going to be tired, people were going to make mistakes, and just mm-hmm. the way the game went. I was going to say, but but there's no feeling from the fan base, or or certainly anywhere near inside the camp either, that oh that's it, that game's lost, and that, and that's a yeah. really good place to be as a Scotland fan. There's a really excitement, a real excitement about where we are at the moment, and with you know a couple of massive games ahead of us, ahead of mm-hmm. Scotland, and uh, from a fan's point of view, that's it's exciting. It's not it's not daunting. It's not intimidating. It's like we're we're here for it because the squad is, the team is. I think. Especially in like years going past, like you always look at other teams, being like, "Oh, excuse me, like what can we do 
to beat them, like what they're doing that's like, mm -hmm. what can we exploit for them? But now, everything, even at the weekend there, it's just like, what are we got to do in ourselves? It's got to make us win. It's not like, mm -hmm. what are Ireland doing? Like, how can we beat Ireland? It's like, the only person we've got to beat is ourselves. And that's if we get it wrong. Mm -hmm. um, if that makes sense. I love that. No, I love that. that I is, thought yeah. it used to, it genuinely used to frustrate me that uh, I was playing, that, 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 the amount of time we'd spend in opposition rather than uh, ourselves. Um, and and sometimes the amount of time, and it's important to look back and analyse, of course it is, but so the amount of time we'd spend in opposition compared to ourselves and also the amount of time we'd spend on the game just gone would uh -huh. be a probably bigger proportion of the week really than what's coming next. And I think that that's kind of turned on its head now because there's a skill set, there's the attitude, there's the connection, there's the ability in the squad. You should focus on yourself. You know what I mean? And it, it's great to hear that. One thing I was going to pick up on again, we, we had Peter de Villiers on last week and we had a, a proper in-depth scrum chat. Um, uh, we love a scrum chat. We love a scrum chat. I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue. Just with it, the red cards you mentioned at the weekend, obviously both in the pack, one second row and obviously one front row for, for France. And we saw at different times uh, seven on seven scrums. We saw eight on mm -hmm. seven or seven on eight. Sometimes Sione was at six. Sometimes he was at number eight. For you, Fiku came on. Are you aware in the front row, or are the decisions? Obviously, you've got different scenarios, different scrums, attacking, defensively. But are you aware of how many are in the scrum and who's behind you and who's maybe not at the far side? I think I'm. I probably should be more aware now. But did you ever? Did you ever scrum with nobody behind you, or at, at the weekend? There was always somebody on you. I can't remember. Even though we scrummed in there five, I think we were seven and seven. So I think we went front row, second row. Did I have a flanker? A VP of our flanker? No, we went two flankers. We never had a number eight. Number of eight, yeah. yeah, yeah. We <laughs> never had a number eight. So I think we fed, and obviously Pricey just went to the back. Yeah. So we went two flankers, two locks against their pack. I think we'd done the same. So I think we were seven and seven on their try line. Uh -huh. But then. I think we we think we got it wrong personnel wise. Another try line, another five. Mm. I think we went seven against the eight, and we nearly mm. got caught. Because I think we were, we were meant to go on our own ball. I think on our own ball, out to forty meters, we're going to go eight man. Yeah. And after that, we'll go seven. Because yeah. obviously the risk of penalty, like, is not really going to affect you too much. But if you're kind of forty and on, and you go seven men against eight or whatever, and you get caught, then it's going to. And th these are all conversations. There's obviously planning for it, and there's preparation yeah. for it, and there's yellow cards yeah. and red cards, and all that happens a week. But a lot of these conversations have to be live in the moment, yeah. don't they? So, so when the, yeah. the scum's getting set, you're everybody's clear as to who's going where and what's what. So yeah. that there's, and then you have to switch on to the battle mode and get in and do it. So there's a, there's yeah. quite a lot to deal with, isn't it? In the, in the heat of the moment, uh, I, I think it's, I spoke about midweek, especially if like if I have a yellow card or. I'd imagine at half time, Pete would have got the message to them, or even during the game via the water, get the message like if they're, like I said, the try line up to 40, we'll go eight man and our ball. I think it's because it was such a long period of the game. <laughs> Usually it's a 10 minute spell if there's a yellow card, or ah, sometimes right. traditionally red cards are further down line. But for every scrum, I think because it was two forwards, we yeah. just went seven and seven for the majority. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then the ones in our line, I think we got it wrong with no putting yeah. eight in against their eight. Cause I think they chucked, like you said, like they chucked Fiku in mm -hmm. on their ball when it was our exit to have a crack at it. And we, we only had seven, which we nearly got shot in the footway. But I think apart from that, I think we were just seven and seven. Yeah. 
Mm, do you feel a weight difference, Jamie? Do you feel do you feel a weight difference behind you? Because obviously the whole point of the scrum is it's the power's driving mm. effectively through you. So do you feel that weight difference? Uh, probably one of the backs in there, man. Really. <laughs> 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 There's no luck we want to do. Um, if it's seven or seven forwards, links, flankers play play a massive part, like you know, in the yeah. shape and that. Anyway, like you can definitely tell if you know about a flanker on your side. It's aye, there is there is a difference. There is a difference. There's that kind of psychological side to it as well. Like if you're against seven men, and you're like, oh, this feels almost a bit easier to push against. So mm-hmm. you kind of get your tails up a wee bit if, if you're going against seven men. So right, that's enough in scrum. Sorry. That's enough and I, well, we'll always try and get them in because mostly I like them because I think we've both established that we'll never be anywhere near one or have been. So, uh, <laughs> we, you didn't hear We take options where we can. <laughs> uh, look, looking ahead, then, I mean, that's that's the whole point. Now, this is this is where I guess things ramp up really as well, don't they? Because we've got what we're on to round four now. Uh, yeah, round four already coming up. Uh, so, next up, it's at home. We've got Ireland. How are we feeling about that game? It'll be tough, eh? Like Ireland, they're, they're a class team. Like you can't can't shy away from it. They're the best team in the world. So it'll be it'll be a massive massive test. And playing or no, it'll be I think it'll be it'll be a good week. It'll be an intense week. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like I said if we if we get it right, then we can. I reckon they're definitely taken. But it'd be us beating ourselves again if we. Make mistakes, don't quite get set piece right, and we're no clinical, which is which all falls on us, and they'll they'll exploit that, which they, they've done every team they've played against in the past bloody year as well. Like, and even look at Leinster in the club game; it's the majority of Leinster players that are in the Ireland squad. They're unbeaten, thirteen, thirteen games, pretty much a bonus point one in every game. Like they're a clinical team. Like they're all kind of sign off the same page as well. Like they're all they're all um, class athletes and. Aye, but that that challenge makes you step up to it, doesn't it? Like yeah. you, you'll never shut, you'll never shy away. If it look at the All Blacks and Autumn, I know I wasn't involved in it, but you put them up there like that's a bloody All Blacks. So we need to play our best game to beat them. But I, you can't give them too much respect. You can't be like it's Ireland that like, you expect them to be good. But in the past, Glasgow have done one over in Leinster. Mm-hmm. Like we've beaten Munster, we've beaten Connacht, we've beaten Ulster. The other week there, I know mm-hmm. there's no there's no a massive group of players for these clubs in, in the Ireland squad but Leinster especially I know <laughs> recently Glasgow have done so well against Leinster and I know Edinburgh have got them this weekend but in the past we've done it like because mm-hmm. we've played we've played our best rugby and we've, we've caught them with it. so I think it'll take our best game so far to beat them but I, I'd imagine if we, if we get out on the pitch we'll, we'll get them Good what a win that'll be! He's teed that up really well, oh, wouldn't yeah. it? Oh, would be, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned the uh, you mentioned the club game. Uh, as you say, Edinburgh play Leinster, but Glasgow home to Zebra Friday night as well. So that's a, an opportunity. I know there was a defeat last week in South Africa, but before that was mm. ten in the bounce, and only four URC regular fixtures left. So we'll be looking to get back to winning ways on Friday night. I hope so. That's um, that's been the kind of focus all week. Is Pick up the five points against Zebra, but like there's no underestimating them either. Like they're, they're they attack well. The, the defense is the oh, defense right. has been probably the poorest element of the of the performance. Yeah. But they attack well. The score tries. But they'll like, like they'll stay in the game for mm-hmm. sixty five. So now you Zebra went for twenty thirty minutes. Years gone by. Mm-hmm. Then you'd, they'd fall off and you'd, you'd run away with it. But now you look at the games that was mm-hmm. like the Ospreys and stuff. Edinburgh a mm-hmm. few weeks ago, like mm-hmm. it was a bloody eighty two minute 
it was it eighty five minutes or something. Paddy Harrison scored this try. Yeah, so, yeah. So like yeah. even last week, e- even two weeks ago, Zebra played Connor and it was. I mean, Connor racked up like nine tries, but it was uh, it was you know high 30s, 38, 52 or something. Uh, they're, 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 uh, they're going to um, they're, they're going to die. Yeah, they're, they're not going to roll over and let you let you run over the top. I mean, very good individual players like yeah. obviously got, like Mark Kavesic and stuff now for Worcester mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really good over the ball as well. Like big big Jackling team and for us obviously want to play fast and. Score try that that's crucial for us in the breakdown. So this yeah. week there's been a lot of focus on that, and just like I said, it's the same kind of message with Glasgow. We just need to worry about ourselves and play our best game. And I said that with anyone at home, they'll take them. Eh? Like our home record kind of speaks to itself. And I and, and looking with Franco Smith in mind, I mean his arrival, you felt it. I like I know we kind of spoke about it at the start of the season. Didn't know how things were going to go, but. Everyone's bought into it now, and I think kind of game plan is rubbing off on us all, and we're all kind of going in the direction he wants, and it's good for us. Eh? Like we're we're winning games. That's the main thing. We're winning. We're up there. We're top right, really fourth, fifth now. Fourth. Yeah, fourth, right. Aye. So I think it's obviously every new coach that comes in. It'll take a few weeks to get get things going, and but I we've got there now, and everyone's everyone's got the belief in him as a coach. We're all. We all really enjoy playing for him, and he's got us playing. He's got us playing bloody good rugby, and he's got us winning games. Sounds well, good. if you're in Jamaica for your holidays, uh, if you're in Jamaica for your holidays in the summer, it sounds like you might have a pre-season training plan from Miss, from Mister Smith while you're there. If, uh, if the rest of the lads are have, got, have been are, are correct as well in what they predict, um, and just finally, <laughs> we, yeah, yeah, doing the yo-yos. Uh, we can't have you on here and not ask about the other aspect of your life you've been you've been in the skies have you have you been speaking to rambo to stuart McAnally about about your flying lessons recently i was kind of last summer i was i love it i wasn't like oh, i'm not going to do post rugby panic i was just kind of thinking about like what can i start doing learning wise it's going to help me kind of life after rugby because you also you need to address it at some point you can't just shy away from it and be like Retire, but oh, what am I going to do? Coach? Nah. I, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I, I tried coaching. I, I went and tried, I coached SR um, Bulls scrum mm-hmm. when Pete Horn was head coach. And I was like, I'm going to do my level three. And I retired for rugby. I'm going to go and be a coach. And I went, coached there. And I, I hated it. Eh? I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy it at all. Really? And I think for me doing that, I was like, like, I really, I enjoy helping people. I enjoy working people one to one. But coaching, I was like, it's not for me. And mm-hmm. I think it took me to go and do that air for the nine ten weeks I've done it to realise I didn't want to be a coach. You know, I mean that's probably just not me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what can I do? And I was like, it was actually on like Facebook. It was like one of these things popped up. It was like, oh, become a co- commercial pilot now. I was like, what's this? So I just went on it. And <laughs> I was just, I was reading into it. And also, you can go and go for zero to a commercial pilot. It cost like hundred twenty grand and like wow. one hundred twenty grand to do that. You know what yeah. I mean? And then, um, but airlines can offer you like an apprenticeship to go and do stuff like this like cadet programs and all that and I was like obviously I can't do that because I'm still playing rugby um, so I kind of looked into it a wee bit done a bit of research learned about Glasgow area kind of where I can like what's kind of on offer for, for learning spoke to Rambo a wee bit about it and um, there's a it was the initial place I, I got a trial flight for my birthday in September, and um, I kind of, kind of go and try it out, see, see how it is. So it was meant to be at leading edge at Glasgow Airport. So I phoned up. I was like, oh, I'm booked in for a trial lesson today. Oh, no way in the system, mate. I was like, oh, brilliant. 
So um, it's a good start. A bit more research, <laughs> I know. And place that I'm learning now is in Cumbernauld Airport called Phoenix oh, yeah. Phoenix Flight Training. So it's only twenty minutes from the house. I phoned them up and I was like, I'm interested in doing a doing a trial lesson. And um, alright, cool. So kind of got it booked in. Went in and Rambo said that he says like, go and do the trial, go and do the trial lesson, and you'll know if it, if it, if it, Go on the wee plane, see what it's all about and that, you'll know if it's for you, if you want to kind of crack on with it. So, went um, went up, and it was also a wee, a wee, it's a wee two-seater fly, a wee Cessna 152. Tiny. Like, she's seen me try to get in the thing, yeah, I'm like... <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, I don't mean to be harsh to you, but the visual here... Aye, <laughs> uh, it's a wee two-seater, like, once I'm in, I'm fine, but it's getting into the problem. There's a wee door, like, a wee door like that. You can imagine me, like, pulling my leg up, trying to get in the thing, I'm like, ah! <laughs> Squeezing in, and uh, so I went up, done my kind of first lesson. Took me out over like Stirling, Castle Stirling, towards like Loch Lomond, then mm. um, went over like the city, of Glasgow, back in Cumbernauld, and down we went. And uh, for the end, I was like, oh, brilliant, I absolutely loved it. So I am nine nine hours in, you know. I've had, I've, had a, I've had a living cancel, so I'd be on for <laughs> seventeen hours if I was the weather was all right. But as you can imagine, like when I first started. A lot of it had to be done kind of at 3,000 foot, so obviously, like control the aircraft yeah. and all that, like ascending, descending, turns and all that. I mean, you can't do that at say, a thousand feet. So, back then, when I was trying to get through all that kind of stalling and stuff, you needed to have kind of good weather for it. But now I've moved on to like the circuit, which is like takeoffs, landings, radio, oh. so I'm kind of progressing now. So, yeah, uh, you I, mentioned stalling now. I remember Matt Day, who used to play at Edinburgh as well. Matt did his, his, his uh, some pilot training. Tom Brown as well. You'd have played with Tom at Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Tom, as well. I spoke to Tom, Tom Aye. Mm-hmm. He's on his commercial training now, eh? So, uh, he's, he's, so he's a wee bit behind Rambo, isn't he? Or he's not done it quite as long as Rambo? Or is he overtaking him now? I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I know he's uh, playing Rambo here, but I think Tom's a wee bit ahead of Rambo when doing his commercial training. Yeah. Rambo's got his PPL, where he can yeah. also get his licence, but I think Tom's obviously... Rambo still in rugby, Tom. He's getting more hours doing the commercial side as well. He's up. Ah, excellent. Well, you mentioned stalling. I remember Matt Day telling us you actually have to stall the plane, don't you? Yeah. You, ah, you stall ah. it and you have to restart it. Recover. Ah, it. <laughs> and you've done that bit already, have you? Ah, I've done that. Already. I've done it. What was, was the what was the nerves like in there? It wasn't too bad. I mean, my foot went going in for the lesson. He's like, right, we're going to go stalling it. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. This is this is what I'm going to be like. No, no, this isn't for me. <laughs> Um, it's not as bad as you think. Like we we aircraft like that, they like they handle really well. You know what I mean, they're not going to just drop it to the sky. So right. you go up by that, and you have to like do all your kind of checks and stuff like you're clearing turns to make sure there's, there's no planes around you. And mm-hmm. obviously, you check your heights adequate, and you you know it'd be above a built up area. You know what to bloody fall out of the sky and land on land on it. So ah, <laughs> um, uh, you pretty much just pull the power off. Mm-hmm. pitch back like that and the plane will sit and you'll get like a stall warning the plane will sit like that and it'll just drop and you'll have to just put full power in pitch forward and you'll just catch away and go away yeah, again yeah. So, um, I, I nominate I nominate you Mossy to do a follow up pod uh, from from the sky 20,000 feet 20,000 feet I'm just I'm just a wee fella Jamie there'll be room for me in that second seat in beside ah, you. Ah, he's fine. He's fine with me now, isn't it? <laughs> they're saying they're getting a bigger aircraft for me as well. They're getting a Cessna 172, which is a wee bit bigger. It's a four-seater. So the boys are like, we're getting a bigger plane for you so you can fit it. <laughs> Cheers, mate. I tell <laughs> you, yeah, Jamie, we it. could talk to you all day, every day. Uh, you're always such a pleasure. And one thing that I'll always say about you, 
I, I, you give back to rugby in so many ways with your, with your time, the amount of time you spend at clubs, speaking to kids, speaking to, to um, anybody who's interested in rugby. You've got the time of day for everybody. Uh, and it's been such a pleasure, as always, having you on the official Scottish Rugby podcast. Best of luck with the flying. Uh, don't get too ahead of yourself. You've gone, you know, you're very much in the thick of your rugby here. You've gone from... I mean, you've gone from the doors, you've gone to the abattoir, uh, <laughs> you've gone to Melrose for a stint. <laughs> you've done it all, uh, plenty ahead of you. Uh, but thank you very much for your time. Mossy and I will be back uh, next week on the official Scottish Rugby podcast when we are back inside the Scotland camp, looking ahead to that all-important meeting with Ireland at BT Murrayfield. Until then, catch up with the latest news and content on Scottish Rugby's social media channels and via the website scottishrugby.org. Yeah.